Welcome to Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass, a weekly conversation about business, careers, and personal development designed to inspire, educate, and motivate you, and sometimes ourselves, to show up powerfully, live fearlessly, and to find and unleash your inner badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay. I'm Liz Green. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay. I'm here with my cele- celebrity. No. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I love that one. That's my favorite. That's a favorite of all of them. I was going to say celebrating. <laughs> Those two words are so close together. Um, but yeah, you are a celebrity. There you go. Um, celebrating co-host, Liz Green. Hey, Liz. Hey, Lisa. So we are celebrating. Yes. Happy (laughs) anniversary. I know. Thank you, darling. Happy anniversary (laughs) to you. (laughs) I wasn't sure if perhaps you you had forgotten. You know, the way husbands and wives do sometimes. (laughs) Maybe I thought you're my podcast partner. Did you forget? I kind of did forget. It's our first bit. year. It's a, it's the very important one. <laughs> it's the paper one. It's the first one. Yes, yes. I <laughs> am so excited. We have been doing this for a year. And, you know, in some ways, it feels like no time has passed at all. And because we did live through 2020, it feels like too much time has passed. And it's so much longer than a year. Yeah, that is so true. You know, I feel the exact same way. And of course, when we first started our podcast, we had no idea what was coming for us in 2020. No. And we, we, you know, I think we even kind of considered maybe um, guests that were in different states, but we didn't really, really kind of dig into that because we thought, you know, whatever guests we have, they're going to come down to to the studio that we've set up and we're going to do it, you know, there in person. And then who knew now going forward? I mean, I wonder if we will ever have a guest in person. I wonder if I'll ever see even you again. I know. (laughs) Believe it or not, we have not seen each other in very close to a year, like in person. And that is a bit crazy, but you know, um, I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this. So, um, so, so I think the answer is yes, probably very soon. I'm fingers crossed for summer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wow. A whole year, um, not quite 52 episodes, but you know, we're getting up there and we are. I feel like we're old hats at this, like old pros. Like, yeah, I feel like we're old hats at it too. And now we're guests on other people's podcasts. And so that's something that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. And, you know, just so much has come out of this, I think for us. And, um, and it's just super exciting. And of course, now we have guests from pretty much all over the world. In fact, yep. Our guest today is from the England, UK. So, yeah, she's our yeah. first Brit, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's exciting too. So we are now. Well, we were always international because we had Canadian guests, but we are definitely international <laughs> right. because we are across the sea now, not just North America, but across <laughs> right. the ocean. So yeah, it's very exciting. I And you know, I, I love doing the podcast. It's so much fun. It's frustrating yeah. sometimes, obviously, because, you know, things, you know, things happen <laughs> just like any other project that you're working on. But listen, if it's worth it, shit's going to hit the fan occasionally. What are you going to do? 
I, you know, whatever. We just, we just readjust, we realign, we keep it moving and learn so much more about how to run a podcast and do a project and work with a partner and all that stuff. So it's been a year of learning and growth, even in ways that I didn't expect it to be. So. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting, Lisa, because sometimes when I think about um, the goals that we had for the podcast before, how much has changed in terms of um, just different things we're thinking of doing and, and just kind of creatively kind of figuring out like, how can we even expand the podcast out, you know, yeah. and branch out into other areas, which I think is really important for entrepreneurs is, you know, to always kind of always know that there are ways to branch out and find different ways to, um, you know, get yourself out there, get yourself known. So what are you excited about that's coming up for us? Well, I I think one, I think it's just now that we've kind of settled into a groove of really like producing the podcast, getting it out, getting guests on. It's really just kind of leveling up, right? Just going to the next level. And that for me looks like a bunch of different things. It's, It's leveling up in terms of what we talk about, because I think we spent the first part of the year, we did get deep with some topics, but I, you know, I know we, I told you this in one of our off air conversations that we are about to get woo woo. (laughs) Um, We're about to get woo woo. We're about to get woo woo. I'm sorry, people, but that's, I know. And that was, wasn't that your worst fear, Lisa, at the beginning? (laughs) Well, I didn't think we could immediately, because we, we have different levels of woo, the two of us. Um, and I didn't think we should immediately just kind of start a podcast and just drive deep end of woo. But, but so what level of woo are you actually? <laughs> what level of woo are you? How, how deep into woo woo are you? Um, but now that we've start, you know, we've kind of peeled back the surface and we've talked a little bit about some mindset stuff and we've kind of done the basics. I think really true success lies in the deeper work. And you and I both know that simply because of all of our years of therapy and coaching and um, the modalities that you train in and um, my, you know, my background and my education, they all kind of come together to say, look, the reality is true success lies in doing some deeper work, right? And um, that deeper work is inner, right? So, yeah. Um, and I remember you, didn't you have a problem with that word? at the very? <laughs> I still have a problem with that word. <laughs> I, I like, why, why are we talking about inner? Let's stop talking about inner. What the hell is it? What the hell is this inner? Why do you keep using that, that <laughs> adjective? I'm like, well, you know, I, I mean, it's part of probably what we should talk about at some point, like stuff that happens on the inside. <laughs> You're like, all right, maybe we'll get there eventually. Yeah, but I didn't think we could start out going, you know, woo. I think we had to kind of introduce ourselves and kind of touch, touch, of course, surface. And we did. Yeah. So now we're sort of going, you know, we, we did 101. So now we need to do 102. And in some cases, it's going to be 201. And I'm excited for that and I'm excited for those conversations to start happening because now, yeah, the practical and the stuff you need to do really sort of, it still matters. Um, that stuff still matters, but really, 
um, really meeting success is, is not, it's not rote. You can't, you have to work hard to get it. You have to have to work hard to get it. Absolutely. And I, I really like what you said there, you know, cause you know, it, it is both right. And that's what we do here is we talk about both, um, practical, we talk about the woo inner stuff at times, if it's fitting. And I think that, you know, I think that moving forward, we're going to, you know, still kind of have a balance with our guests and because we want everybody, we want you guys to get really like the full scope. You can't have one without the other. And that, that kind of reminds me of a question I have actually for you Mm -hmm. um, is uh, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this now, but I know Mm. I'm aware that you're writing a book. Oh, right. <laughs> Telling and, all and my secrets, it, Liz. It, it, well, it's changed though, has it not? You kind of yes. started at one place and it's it's moved. So so can you share a little bit about that? Because I think it's super exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I still I probably won't talk too much about the topic of the book it, book itself because I am still working that out. And really what I would say about it is it kind of tracks like entrepreneurship for me and growing your business because you often start out in one place and you start out with one idea and you're going to do one thing. And as you go and as you research and as you learn more and you learn how to do your business better, same thing with the book, my book idea, as I thought about it, more. The idea just started to blossom in a very, very different way. And the same thing too with your businesses, things just sort of blossom. So as time goes on, what starts out as a very basic idea can become this very huge, very successful thing because you added to it or you thought about it in a very different way that you didn't originally think about it um, because Mm -hmm. you learned new things, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of what I would, I would say about about that simply because like I said, I'm still fleshing out the book idea, but yeah, it started in one place and it's now in a very, very different place, just in the space of just a couple of months, um, just from thinking about the concept and idea and applying different learnings, um, in different ways. But, you know, I think part of what I think about when I, you know, going back to the kind of the woo woo thing is that I think people are scared, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, you have to introduce things lightly sometimes. Some people are a lot more open, but some people, you know what? Still just want a template. Still just want a tech checklist. Still just want to know what they should do. And mm-hmm. that's just as important, if not more important sometimes, especially when you're starting. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I agree with all of that. And I think that I know for me, when I first started my company, Barcamp, I've said this before, but those of you who haven't heard about this is, you know, it started in a very different place. It moved, it pivoted. Um, It's something completely different than what I started off with. And I mean, even my coaching business, to be honest, I thought that I was simply going to be having conversations with female entrepreneurs and it's expanded out now that I've learned um, and I've been trained in different modalities, as you as you mentioned. Um, I'm talking to you know all types of people, really. Mm-hmm. And it's fifty uh, percent is about business, fifty percent is just kind of about their lives. And so, um, so that feels really good too. And I think it's just 
really important to just kind of follow the thread for yourself, right? Having an having an idea, having a goal, having a having a framework, a framing around it, mm-hmm. but at the same time being open to um, if it is starting to move in a different direction and not being, you know, kind of like resistant. Oh my gosh, to that I idea. can't follow that. It's not what I originally planned. Because it's a living, breathing, moving thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, a book yeah. or whatever, whatever else you're working on, a business, it's um, it kind of takes on a life of its own. Yeah, yeah, it does. But yeah, so I am, I am looking forward to this next year. I, um, I know we're going to hit our 52 episodes, but that's not very exciting. Because <laughs> it's just a random number, 52. Um, and, and um, but I'm looking forward to what this year brings. Um, it definitely looks a li- lot different looking back on it last year. But yeah, it's, it's all very exciting, all very fun, and definitely looking forward to what comes next. Me too. Me too. So we just finished recording our um, episode, which I was very excited about because it's such a simple topic. And, but I think it gets missed so much. Um, You know, when as solopreneurs, especially we do not, we think about just doing the day to day and we never take the time to stop and come up a little bit and look at what we're doing and set a strategy. And I am particularly in love with this episode because it just kind of goes right to the heart of everything that I do and I love, which is strategizing and systematizing, which is just fantastic. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I wasted so much time at the beginning when I first started my company and you know, just to, as you say, take a step back and look and put that time aside and, you know, really get clear and, and get those systems and strategies in place that makes sense to you and your company. So I was so excited to even learn more from Sophie Thorne. She's um, our first British guest. So that's, that was pretty exciting too. love the accent. She's a serial entrepreneur and a business strategist, and she helps women make this shift from solopreneur to CEO so they can scale their business with ease. So she works with entrepreneurs, you know, really looking to streamline their strategy, create scalable systems, and develop a CEO mindset, which, you know, we should all have, even if we're solopreneurs. Don't you think so? Absolutely. I think that's part of the problem. People go out and say, oh, I'm a consultant or I'm a coach and I'm a, or I'm a this or I'm a that. And the reality is you are the CEO of your business, even if the business only has one person in it, you are the CEO of it. Yes, absolutely. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Welcome, Sophie. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thank welcome. you so much for I having think you're me. Our first Brit. Oh, am I? Wow! Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Our first UK guest, and I think we have quite a few listeners from the UK. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're excited. Excited. So, all right. So, just to start off. So you were in corporate for eight years and you decided to build your own business, which is now very successful. And you now help women create strategies to do the same thing, right? So first, tell us a little bit about how you were able to do this for yourself. So 
It's definitely been a work in progress, if that makes sense. So I, when I first left my corporate job, I didn't quite have the courage to start my own business. So I went and learned from other entrepreneurs. So I took sort of my strategic experience from corporate and applied that to helping other people grow their businesses, which on the one hand, as I said, was partly because I I sort of lacked the courage to, to take that initial leap. But on the other hand, helped me to sort of watch from the sidelines like how other people did it and then when I finally took the leap I sort of applied that strategic experience that I'd had um, as a strategy consultant in corporate and watched other very successful entrepreneurs do it and that kind of enabled me to hit the ground running if you will and so I definitely feel like I had a bit of a head start when it came to my business this is actually my second business so I, I set up and eventually sold my first business and so I kind of took all of those learnings together and was able to get started with the right strategy and the right systems and the right mindset really from the get-go. What is your business now and what was the business that you sold? Tell us a little bit about that. So my first business was an e-commerce business. It was in fashion. So it was a product-based business where I was very much kind of doing all of the things. So I manu- I didn't personally manufacture the product, but I designed the products and then outsourced it for manufacturing and did the marketing and did everything. And that was actually part of the reason that I ended up selling it whilst I was was I loved being my own boss. It was very freeing, sort of working at home in, in my pajamas after kind of having worked for other people for so long. I realized that a product-based business didn't quite suit the lifestyle that I was looking to have, the ability to sort of travel, that that freedom that I was looking for. There was constantly, and possibly this is because I set it up wrong, but there was constantly someone needing an answer from me or needing me to do something. And so my current business is is a service-based business that has a healthy mix of passive income streams and and sort of me selling myself, if you will. And I've been able to create a business as a result that offers me the lifestyles that I also want. And I think for me, that has been very, very important is, is creating a business that not only gives me the kind of impact that I I want to have, the kind of income that I want to have, but also the ability to sort of live life on my own terms. And ultimately, that was why I I quit corporate all those years ago was to be able to sort of be my own boss and and, and do my own thing. And I've really found that with with my current business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I mean, I would, I, I mean, speaking for myself, and I'm sure I can speak for Liz as well. That's, that's kind of why we all sort of leave our day jobs and, and go to working for ourselves so that we can do exactly that thing where we're, where we have the freedom, we have the ability to travel, we have the ability to work in our pajamas mm-hmm. <laughs> with our cup of coffee at 11 o'clock <laughs> at night or 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's exciting. That's excellent. So when you say that, you know, you, you started your own, your own businesses. Now I know for me, and I know a lot of other female entrepreneurs that I coach, we all kind of fall into kind of like the same pitfalls, if you will, in the beginning. And we tend to kind of waste a lot of time, right? Spinning our wheels and not quite knowing what to do next. And maybe a couple of weeks will go by and you'll turn around and say, what the hell did I do? Like, I feel like I I got nowhere. So um, how do you help women around that struggle? 
So I love that question. So I think it starts with having a strategy. And what I really mean when I say a strategy is it becomes a filter or a lens through which you make decisions, decisions on how you spend your time, decisions on whether you should say yes or no to something. So I use a format that I call the one page strategy, which effectively looks at what's your why, what's your big, maybe 10 to 15 year goal. I call it a moonshot goal. What, um, who are you serving? How are you serving them? What are you selling? And you really distill everything in your business down on the, on this sort of one page strategy. And it then becomes that filter where if a marketing opportunity presents itself, you can say, actually, does this work? Does that fit into my strategy? No, you know, I, I need to, to put that to one side or, um, a client comes along or a, a podcast interview comes along, whatever it might be, and you're able to kind of use that as a filter. So that is that is definitely the starting point is having that strategy. And it also gives you a line of sight. Like I'm here and I want to go here, wherever here might be. And what are the steps that I need to take in order to get there? And so to a certain extent, it helps keep you on the straight and narrow. But I then couple that with systems because if we rely on willpower, we're not going to get very far. It's that same idea that if you don't want to eat chocolate, but you've got a big box of chocolates in the cupboard, well, every time you open the cupboard, you're going to want to have a chocolate. So we want to <laughs> remove the chocolates from the cupboard. So, and that's where systems come in. And when I say systems, I think people often think that I might mean technology or IT systems. And of course, those are very useful. But really what we're talking about systems is almost habits and routines. And again, that extra lens, that barrier to keep you going towards the the path that, you know, going in the right direction, going down the path that you want to be going down. So that looks like, you know, it's different things, but it might look like a checklist. It might look like how you organize your week. It might look like understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at so you can eliminate or delegating the things you aren't good at. But it's, for me, and, and the way I help clients is when you combine that that strategic lens with the sort of systems barriers, if you will, you're much more likely to get to where you want to go. Yeah, lovely. I love that um, because I think that a lot of people who start businesses, we go into it knowing that we want to do a thing, but we never really set up a strategy. And a strategy sounds like something IBM or one of those big, large companies are going to do. And that's something that I need to do as a solopreneur. I mean, I'm just coaching. I don't need to have, why do I need to have a strategy? So let's talk a little bit more about, like, get into it a little bit more. Why? Is a strategy absolutely necessary, even if you're just, quote unquote, a solopreneur um, working, doing your little coaching business, just trying to feed, feed yourself and pay your bills? So having a strategy differentiates you from everyone else who might be coaching or selling something. And because ultimately the strategy is going to be unique to you and unique to your business. And so it helps you to frame what you're doing. It helps you to articulate what you're doing. There are so many people out there who are very, very good at something. There are so many people out there who have a brilliant service or a brilliant product, but they don't get very far because they don't have a strategy. They don't have a strategy for how they can get it to market. They don't have a strategy for how they can sell it. They don't have a strategy for how they can get more clients. They don't have a pricing strategy. So yes, I recognize that the word strategy might sound like something that you don't need if you're just um, 
coaching or, or just selling something, but actually it really truly is the difference between the businesses that are struggling, the small businesses that are struggling and the small businesses that are able to be successful. Yeah. So where do you start? Where do we start? Yeah. I, you know, I haven't done it. Where do I start getting a strategy together? How do I do that? I know you mentioned your one page, your one pager. I've seen different versions of those, um, particularly when I'm mentoring score clients, I do hand them something that's a one pager as well. But where, how do you begin? Because it sounds so big. <laughs> It does. And that's why I actually love the one page strategy. And it's definitely not the only uh, way of, of doing a strategy. But for me, particularly for those earlier stage entre- entrepreneurs, I find it a really good way of, of distilling everything down into one page. So the way the place I start is is the why, your why, you know, why do you get out of bed in the morning? What lights you up? And, and kind of getting really, really clear on what that is. Then thinking about what you're trying to achieve, as I said earlier, your moonshot goals. So where is it that you want to be? And then we start to think about what your business is made up of. So who are your ideal clients? What are you selling them? Where are you finding them? And then we start to set goals and priorities and KPIs. And that usually changes every quarter or it can even change every month. So what maybe what is your annual goal and then what are your quarterly goals? So those could be financial goals. They could be goals about working less. They could be goals to hire a team. It it doesn't necessarily matter, but you start to think, okay, well, if I want to reach here in 10 years, I need to break that down. Almost if you think of a a big ladder and you've got that that prize at the top of the ladder, what, what happens in each rung? So what are the goals that you need to achieve on an annual basis or on a quarterly basis or on a monthly basis in order to get there? And then you break that down even further. And I, I encourage clients to make sort of a, a, project plan or a strategic plan for each of those goals. So let's say one of your goals is to double your revenue for sake of argument. It's like, okay, what does that actually look like? So what is the number? You know, let's say you're making 5k a month and you want to make 10k a month. How do you get to 10k a month? How many clients would you need to serve? How many offers would you need to sell? How many times might you need to launch? How many people would you need to speak to? And actually breaking it down. So whilst a strategy might sound complicated, and I, I recognize that it can be a bit scary that first time. Really, what we're saying is a strategy is taking your goal and breaking it down into those component parts. So when you wake up on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, you know what you should be working on in order to hit that goal. It becomes very clear. And Liz, as you said earlier, you know, when you're in that earlier stage, you can get a bit confused about what you should be doing, and suddenly two weeks has passed and you've not been working on, you know, if you will, the right things. Well, the right thing things do become more apparent when you have that strategy and that action plan all broken down. Yeah, I love that. So broken down into kind of bite-sized pieces, um, pieces that are doable, right? And realistic. So coaching, self-coaching, right? If you will. And, you know, but so when, when I think about that and I think about breaking down goals into bite-sized pieces, um, I also kind of think about, well, still, where do I start with that? So I want to double my revenue. I want to, you know, so I'm breaking it down. And then, but then still, where where should I start? 
So I think getting clear on what your goals are is the first thing, you know, getting really, really clear goals. We don't want any wishy-washy goals. So I like to encourage clients to set smart goals where they're specific, they're measurable. You really know what you need to achieve. So that is, that is that's the first thing. So getting the goal right before you do any kind of action plan is is crucial. And then it's about, depending on the goal, we will take the example that I used earlier. You then want to break that down and you want to break it down into who needs to do it? What is it that you need to do? And when does it need to be achieved by? So the, if you're maybe slightly late, you've had a few clients, let's say, you can go back and you can do what I call an audit or a retrospective where you go back and you look at the past month in your business or the past six months in your business. And it's like, what's working? What's not working? What can I glean from this information and use that in order to then make an action plan? If you're earlier stage and you don't know, that's okay. You can still create an action plan. But to be honest, there's a little bit more guessing. What you're going to do is you're going to make assumptions about some of the steps you need to make. And then the important thing is to audit and retrospect, do a retrospective as you go. You know, don't wait until the end of the month and be like, oh, no, I didn't hit my goal. What happens at the end of the first week? What worked? What didn't work? Let's let's revisit it. And so what we're really doing is we're taking these goals and we're breaking it down into quarterly, monthly weekly, maybe even daily tasks, and you're constantly course correcting, making little shifts, looking at the data or looking at the information available and checking what's working, what's not working and using that as your guide for where you want to go. I love that. Really looking backwards and seeing what really did work. You know, what do I need to add on? What do I need to take away? Perfect. Yeah. I'm also going to take this opportunity to plug our episode with Ryan Bennett about how we set goals. <laughs> Just go check that one out as well. But Sophie gave us a great sort of overview of goal setting. And I like the piece you added about really looking back at everything yeah. and reviewing, because I think that that's something that we don't do as much of. We kind of hit the goal and we move on and we go to the next thing without really looking back and seeing what was working and what was not and adjusting as we go along. So, so now that we've, we've, we've sort of figured out how to set our strategy and we've got the big picture, 10, 15 years, and we've got the, the, the nearer focused picture, which is what we're doing next month, what we're doing this quarter, what we're doing this year, right? We've got that all set down and we're, we're on our road, we're driving, we're going towards, um, towards our goal. You talk about systems, right? So where does that come in? Where does that now start to fit with our strategies? Yeah. So one of the most obvious systems that leads on from this is that idea of looking back. So I, for example, encourage my clients to do something that I call a weekly check-in. And I, of course, do it myself. You on a Friday, you look at what have been your highs from the past week, what have been your lows from the past week. You review maybe your annual goals. You might ask yourself, how am I progressing? Do my goals need to be adjusted? If I'm behind, how do I get back on track? Same thing with your quarterly goals and then your monthly goals. So when we, again, you know, when we're talking about systems, what we're talking about is these routines and habits that you can put in place in your business to ensure that you remain on track, to ensure that you're you're continually checking in with yourself and checking in with your business to make sure you're achieving what you want to achieve. 
And as far as I'm concerned, systems in a business are absolutely vital if you want to scale because they save you time. So when you've put in place systems, whether that's a checklist, whether that's a weekly check-in, it creates this sort of mental freedom. And with that mental freedom, you can continue to strategize and work on a new product or a new offering or something exciting and new rather than having to worry about how your business is running. So the question I love to encourage people to ask themselves is, if I were to step out of my business tomorrow, could it run well and run well without me? And I recognize the answer to that is likely to be no for most people. And, you know, honestly, full disclosure, in certain areas of my business, it's still a no for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's understanding and that, you know, that is completely normal, but it's understanding that through the process of putting in systems, you bit by bit get to that place where the answer is no, and you get to that place where actually you can say confidently a yes, that your business would run or areas of your business at least would run very well without you. And that is, that's the basis of a system. So things that maybe qualify as a system, um, it's, it's something that addresses a specific problem or a need, not necessarily a negative thing, but um, having a system for onboarding your clients could be a system. Ideally, it's automatic. And I, I hesitate sometimes with the word automatics. I think that often people think that means tech. But as I said, a really good checklist or good templates in your business, you know, count. The idea is that you're not having to manually type out an email every time a new client joins. It's that kind of thing. And I think the real key characteristic, if you will, of a system is that it doesn't require, once it's created, it doesn't require that intensive thought and that intensive effort. So it's really a process or a routine that that sort of runs itself. And the way I like to encourage people to create systems is, is to ask yourself questions like, what activities are happening regularly in my business? So maybe an example for most businesses might be something like invoicing. And you might ask yourself, what is an activity that takes a lot of time? Taxes comes to mind because in the UK, we've just had to do our taxes. So taxes, um, but you know, those kinds of things. Um, Maybe what's an activity that frustrates you? Maybe you get a lot of customer support emails and you don't want to deal with them anymore. And then my favorite question is, what activities sit outside your core competency? So for me, that would be something Mm -hmm. like design. Like what are the things that you are not good at? And by asking yourself those questions, you can start to think about the things that you should think about systemizing in your business because really the idea is to have a business that is easy and effortless and that you love to run and having those systems in place does that kind of dual role of keeping you on the straight and narrow and removing all of the fluff that really either you shouldn't be working on or you hate working on so that you can run a business that's really streamlined and really easy day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah. what you're saying is excellent because it keeps you out of the, the, what I'm going to call the weeds, right? It keeps you that kind of stuff that you're talking about systemizing is the kind of stuff that keeps us in the weeds. And like you said, sometimes can frustrate us and the things that take up a lot of time and takes us away from doing the higher level stuff, right? The strategy we're talking about, the big things that are really going to drive the business forward. Those small things do drive the business forward as well, but they and they need to be done right you do need to do your invoicing and you do need to do your your strategy you do need to copyright an email or you copyright a, a um a, um show notes for your podcast <laughs> so 
all those things need to be done, but they are frustrating and um, they keep you down in the weeds and then that's where your time goes. So by having some sort of like process in place, um, I love that. Now, I know we're not going to talk about tech and it's probably not time to talk about tech yet, but to me, everything that we talked about, tech helps to do that, right? So for example, when I think about invoicing, I have... Um, clients that are recurring, right? So every month it's the same, it's the same cost. It's the same, you know, thing that we're getting paid. You're getting your invoice on the same day and I don't want to have to touch it. So part of the thing that I've set up and I've made sure that my invoicing system can do is that just it invoices them and I'm not thinking about it. And unless you don't pay me, I don't, we don't have to talk about this and it's not something that I have to worry about and we've moved on. So to me, tech really does support that. Um, the process of systemizing in a lot of ways. What do you think? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think, you know, when I think about systems, it's absolutely an invoicing system or maybe a scheduling system where people can like automatically book in, into your diary. So I would definitely agree with that. I guess the reason I sometimes qualify that it's not just about the tech is I know that some people, they hear the, they hear tech and they get a bit scared and they think that therefore they don't need or shouldn't have any systems in their business. Right. And that's not true because so, you know, it really is what, what mapping out a process allows you to do is to decide whether you should automate it which absolutely is done via technology or whether you can eliminate it like do you even need to be doing this thing that you're doing in the first place or whether you can delegate it there are some things that you can't automate so for example I mentioned earlier that definitely uh, something that doesn't sit in my zone of genius is design work well you know so far I've not found a way of automating that but I have been able to hire a graphic designer so it's remembering Mm -hmm. that it, I guess it's it's just reminding those listening that if you don't massively like tech, that doesn't mean you shouldn't think about putting systems in your business because systems, as I said earlier, really do help keep you on the straight and narrow. And as you said, Lisa, they keep you out of the weeds. They keep you doing the things that you should be doing. As the CEO of our business, whether that's a tiny business or a very big business, we should be working on the things that only we can do and ideally on money-making activities, on revenue-generating activities. And so everything else needs to be automated or delegated or indeed eliminated in order to kind of make your life easier. And yeah, I mean, we are so lucky, you know, we're, we're recording this 2021. There is so much tech available to allow you to do this. So yeah, if you're, if you're not afraid of tech, embrace it because it really makes your life and your business so much easier. Yeah, you could shake, my head is on the floor from shaking it so much it fell off my neck. So um, <laughs> um, just, just yeah, I am, I am such a big fan because that's where I, especially when I am... Um, mentoring um, other business owners, that's the place where I find that everybody sort of gets caught up, they get stuck, and they don't think about things that they can put in place. So interestingly enough, I just had a, a mentorship call with someone yesterday, and she came to me because she was like, well, I need to hire people. And I always sort of go, well, do we do we need to hire? And who are you hiring? And why are you hiring? And where are we hiring? Right. And that's one of the things that tend to happen as well, because you're so overwhelmed Um, because you're in the weeds. You're thinking, I need to hire people. I need to hire people. I really don't have money to hire people. So I simply said to her, honestly, take a week, write down every task you work on to put two columns next to it. Right. Keep give away. (laughs) And as you go through, you write things, 
check it if that's something you only you can do or you need to keep it and you need to hold on to it and check the other one the other column give away if that's something that's it that's all I told her to do that's that's her homework that's it and so we'll talk next week and we'll see what happens but honestly she's driving herself crazy about needing to hire someone and thinking about how she needs to spend this money to 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 hire somebody and she doesn't even know who she's going to hire and what we're going to hire for and what we're doing and this simple exercise might just take away all that pain because then she'll just find out oh maybe i could just buy a system that i pay ten dollars a a month for and i am not spending a thousand dollars a month to hire an assistant you know what i mean (laughs) so yeah so that's that's sort of the way I think about it. Sophie, is there anything else that you have in mind that you think like any last little tips that you think would be really helpful for our guests to know, um, for our audience to know and think about? So what I'd love to go through is I've got a very short checklist for creating a system, which might be a good way to end the episode. So it's very simple, five steps. So the first step is identify the process that you'd like to systematize. So a little bit like the uh, exercise that, that you've given your client is to go through and think maybe what are all the what are all the activities you did last week? Let's just list them. You know, I'm a big fan of doing audits, if you will. You just go back, list all the things that you've done last week and understand which are the ones maybe that are taking a bit of time or that you don't like doing or whatever it is. You kind of list everything and you maybe put in a few notes against them. And then step two is to outline the outcome. So what is it you're trying to achieve by creating a system around this thing? Because otherwise you could, it's very tempting to be like, oh, these 10 things, I hate doing it. Let's kind of go crazy and get tech or hire people or all these things. And, Mm -hmm. And actually we need a true outcome from it. And one of the best ways of doing that, I guess, is step three, which is to list your current challenges. So what are you struggling with? Is it that you don't have a system right now? Is it that you have tech, but the tech's not fit for purpose? Is it that you're not very good at it? What, what, are, you, what are your challenges? And then you want to plan the process. And I love to do this with post-it notes. So let's say invoicing a client. I would take post-it notes on my wall and I would be like, you know, client signs up is step one, you know client needs invoice and you, you and and create invoice in word if you're still doing it kind of manually and you kind of put out all of the steps you're currently doing and then it becomes very obvious as you were saying earlier Lisa to be like hang on a second I don't need to be doing this in word there are loads of systems that could do this for me or if it's a recurring invoice it's like why am I creating this every time the same month like this is silly so you once you see it visually on the wall I think that's that's so important and what I then do is either with another pen or or with different kind of post-its or whatever it is, you start to create that new process. Like, oh, this step isn't needed or this step could be done with a system or this step my assistant could do. And you you create that new process. And then finally, execute on the plan. Step five, just execute on the new process. And what I like to say is that at the beginning, the process might be a bit clunky or it might not work quite first time. That is completely normal and that is okay. You revisit it. You keep asking yourself, okay, how can I make this even better? And honestly, as you start to do that, A, you get really good at creating processes and systems, which is really important. But secondly, it, you just get everything really streamlined and then you get to the point where you're not even thinking about it. So yeah, so I, I'd love to, I'd love any listeners who want to start creating systems in their business to sort of go through those five steps. And that is really definitely the, the starting point, if you will, of creating systems in your business. 
Oh, I no, love for that. Sure. That's so excellent. Uh, and, and I think overall, what I'm hearing um, as a theme through our conversation today is literally just get yourself some clarity and make sure you're clear and take the time and energy and effort that it, it, it requires to get yourself clear because that time will be well worth it. We don't want to spend the time to do that kind of stuff because we're thinking, oh, I don't have the time. I really need to get the report done or I really need to do this coaching session or I really need to do whatever the thing is that we really need to do. But spending the hour that it will take to run through and get yourself the clarity and, and figuring it out, I think is time well worth it. Yeah, Absolutely. I totally agree. I think there's a, there's a little bit of a mindset shift there. I think it's very tempting to think, oh, it's just easier if I do it, if I just you know keep doing it. And really, it's a mindset shift to take a step back and take that hour, as you said, Lisa, and be like, I'm going to put in place this process now because it's going to save me hours in the future. Excellent. 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 Absolutely. Wow. I learned so much. I, I wish I would have had you as a coach when I was first starting out 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sophie. So where can people find you? I tend to hang out most on Instagram. So I'm Mrs. Sophie Thorne on Instagram. I'm very happy to answer any questions about strategy and systems that your listeners might have. So, so come say hi. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So Sophie. thank you so much for being our first Brit badass of the week. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for us this week. Remember, you can find anything we referenced in the episode in our show notes on our website, bossybrilliantbadass.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. It helps us get found. And thank you for listening. There'll be more Bossy Brilliant Badass next week. So until then, be a badass.